Welcome to We Need to Talk About Tech, where we talk about the past, present, and future of technology. All right. On this week's episode, we talk about the rumored prices between the Xbox Series X and the PS5, Tesla and Apple's valuation in the markets right now, and their upcoming stock splits, and the DC Fandom event. So, the price war. Our first topic is rumored prices for the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X have leaked. Looks like some people are saying PlayStation 5 is going to be around 499 and the Xbox Series X is going to be around 599. I can imagine, you know, that as an Xbox fanboy, this must be difficult news for you to hear. Because <laughs> I know you're really set on Xbox. You know, it's your favorite gaming company ever created. You know, it, this isn't looking good. They already had to delay the launch of Halo Infinite, right? They don't have a, a first-party game that they're going to be launching with and now it seems like they're going to be a hundred dollars more than playstation 5 this isn't looking good for all the xbox fans out there like yourself no <laughs> yeah like like me uh, i'm probably one of the worst xbox fanboys considering i haven't owned the xbox in almost what 10 years now but uh i will say yeah this is actually really big if it does turn out uh to be true as of right now it's all kind of just speculation but if this is the case, you know, this goes back to when I was deciding between the Xbox One and the PS4. A huge portion of what made me choose the PS4 was that it was so much cheaper than the Xbox One. Um, and I think that kind of meant a lot for a lot of people. Same thing with the Xbox 360 and the PS3. The Xbox 360 was a lot cheaper and a lot of people went towards that instead. I think the same thing can happen here, where if the Xbox is way more expensive than the PS5, PS5 already has this huge audience of people like myself who own a PS4 and would be perfectly fine just getting the PS5. I think they have to either come out at the same price, but more importantly, I think they need to undercut the PS5 to make up any ground. And and like I said, a lot of this is is speculation, but there is some legitimate some legitimate factors to to state that this could be the truth. Uh, we have heard of some retailers getting in some some placeholder information for the Xbox that's listing it at potentially launching at $599. Um, and yeah, so th there, this could potentially be true. And if it is, I think it could be a, a problem for Xbox, especially adding on to the fact that they're not going to be launching with Halo, um, which means like you're going to get a more expensive console and maybe not get a game with it. That doesn't really make much sense. But um, how about you? Like You're looking at these two consoles. I think you're pretty much sold on the ps5 for now like there's there's we've seen their conference the games look great but i mean if this is a really expensive xbox series x does that even make it even less tantalizing for you to actually go and, and pick one up at some point definitely less i mean it's kind of what you said about when you were deciding between consoles before and the ps4 was a hundred dollars cheaper right for anyone who's on the fence you need something to bring you over to one side of the fence or the other. Let's say yeah. you had let's say you had a PlayStation 5 or PlayStation 4, you had an Xbox One, and you're like, hmm, which one do I wanna choose? If everything were equal, 
and one was $100 less than the other one, then most likely it'd be, hey, I'll choose the one that's $100 less. Maybe I could use that money to get an extra game at launch, or I could use that money to get an extra controller or extra accessories. Yeah. But the fact that it's... And obviously, I... I am leaning towards I'm I won't even say leaning towards PlayStation 5. I am on the PlayStation 5 side. There's mm-hmm. like no denying that. Like you don't have Halo and you're $100 more expensive. They're not doing anything to sell people. And because they're coming from the past generation where like you said PlayStation 4 has such a stronger foothold in terms of who like what system people have you need to do something amazing, like either have an amazing game at launch or undercut the heck out of PlayStation. And they're not doing yeah. either of those. They're doing the opposite. Well, like it's speculation right now, but they're definitely not having an amazing game at launch. So it looks like they're doing the opposite of what they need to do to try and bring people over to the Xbox side. A running theme, it seems like in this podcast is we talk a lot about competition between companies. Mm-hmm. I would love... I said this before, I would have loved for Halo to look amazing and to blow me away and say, man, I really got to think about getting the Xbox. I would have loved if they came out at the exact same price and then the, it's not, you know, one's $100 cheaper, so this seems like a better buy. I would love if they were the same price and it made my decision harder, but it's everything that's kind of been leading up to the launch of these consoles the decision is being made for me already not much competition in terms of my decision right now and i I think that's an important thing to say because it's the exact same thing that happened to me last year like i was going from an xbox 360 i wasn't sold on the xbox one even before they were announced i was still maybe planning on jumping ship um i didn't really know yet but when they started announcing one how expensive the console was going to cost and the direction they were taking with the console um, with Connect and TV and all this stuff that really didn't center around games, they pretty much pushed me over to the PlayStation side. PlayStation didn't need to do much to get me. Xbox kind of just said, oh, we don't want you, essentially, when they were announcing the Xbox One X. Uh, sorry, the Xbox One. Um, and I feel like if this does turn out to be the case, one, I would think it's bad planning uh, on their part to make something that would have to be this expensive. Two, I would think that it's also not the best idea considering the fact like like we both mentioned they're coming from behind and you know maybe this podcast should one day be changed to the competition podcast or a podcast <laughs> about competition because i think the best way to be competitive we've seen this with the with the pixel phones um is to undercut right undercut the price and i really think maybe they're hoping that okay if they really want to undercut the price they're going to do something like the xbox series s um and be a lot cheaper maybe up to $200 cheaper than the PS than the PS5. Um, but I don't think that's enough because the fact that that console is, is seemingly going to be much more underpowered than the the current uh, or the, the upcoming Xbox Series X and potentially even the PS5 kind of makes that less of an enticing kind of idea to say, okay, yeah, I can spend $200 less, but I'm also going to get something that's way weaker or, or way less uh, powerful than the other two. Another thing to kind of bring up is this uh, recently also PlayStation released their first ad spot. Yes. Which I think you pointed me to. Did that kind of get you on board with the PS5 anymore than, than you already were? 
Not really. It was really just an advertisement for the controller, right? Yes. It was focused around senses. You know, you can feel the bowstring. You can hear the enemies firing at you. It's it was a very artistic commercial, I guess. Yeah. It looked cool, but it didn't sell me on anything. You know, maybe and I still we still really haven't seen much gameplay from the PlayStation yeah. Five other than what Ratchet and Clank. So Ratchet and Clank, yeah, yeah. So I don't. A it didn't bug snacks. <laughs> yeah, cool, good old bug snacks. <laughs> so it didn't really sell me on the PlayStation anymore. It was just like cool to see. Yeah, and I, I think the reason why I bring that up is a lot of what that that commercial was showing, like you said, focus on the controller. But it also focused on a lot of the, uh, the a lot of the features in the controller, uh, and I think this kind of moves kind of very into the price of the entire package, which is why I don't necessarily believe these rumors or this speculation. Because from what I'm seeing with the PlayStation Five, although it's less powerful than the Xbox Series X, it has a lot of things that are better than the Xbox Series X in a very expensive kind of way. One of them is the SSD, which we've talked about in the past. The Xbox um, Series X just has a regular kind of run-of-the-mill NVMe SSD that most computers use today, whereas the PlayStation 5 uses technology that really isn't available in the market right now. And if it was, it would be incredibly expensive. Um, but also the controller, I think, is really kind of interesting because it uses very similar technology to the Switch um, Joy-Cons. And we've both seen just how expensive those Switch Joy-Cons can be. Yes. Um, and I would imagine that potentially the PS5 controller could be really expensive as well, and that's going to come in the box um, along with this potentially expensive console, whereas the Xbox controller, the Xbox Series X controller, is pretty much just an Xbox One X controller. Very little difference. So it's it, it's kind of interesting. I think we might have to wait a little bit more to get some more proof. I, I can very well see that you know PlayStation undercut um, because they've been burned by having a very expensive console in the past and i'm pretty sure they never want to do that again but i can also see like they're including some really expensive stuff in the box with that ssd and that controller i can kind of see that maybe those prices can creep up a bit i hope they don't in both cases i hope they can kind of both stay around the 499 mark and hopefully even cheaper if possible um with like the the all digital version of the of the playstation 5 but um yeah, I think it, it, it'll be interesting to see where these consoles just kind of end up. Because, like you said, if this is the truth, this could push more and more people away from Xbox. That, you know, early on when these consoles were starting to be announced, a lot of people, including myself, were on Xbox uh, Series X bandwagon just because it was so pro-consumer, the way they were doing things. Like, they were showing you how the console was built. They were showing you how it was going to work. They were very open to their, their kind of customer base, which kind of sold a lot of people. Uh, but now it seems like as they've kind of moved closer to the release date, they're kind of pushing people away, kind of like they did in the last generation. I guess have the recent events with Xbox and these rumored prices, are you leaning more towards PlayStation 5 or are you still leaning more towards Xbox Series X? Um, yeah, I think it's it's kind of pushing me a little bit towards the PS5. Right now, I'm kind of I'm kind of on the fence what i really hope and this is this is a situation that i think xbox hasn't been doing this well i I think when they started out with the xbox series x and announcing it they did a great job 
recently they haven't been doing a great job and it's showing me that maybe xbox in the console market isn't something that's going to exist for a long time and what i would hope xbox would do um and what i would hope they would have planned from the beginning is potentially just drop consoles altogether um you know get their xbox brand on as many devices as possible get it on the switch get the game pass on the switch um and then maybe turn the xbox brand into the gaming version of their surface brand so you know an xbox pc that microsoft makes and sells um kind of like their surface devices and then you can get that because i don't know if you've seen very recently along with the sony commercial xbox also released a commercial of their ui for the next console and they showed how it would be exactly the same or very similar whether you were using it on a computer on an xbox on a tablet on a phone essentially um because you know X Cloud and Game Pass is going to be their future. That's what they want to push. They want to push the subscription service that people pay into and be the Netflix of games. If that's really where they want to go, I think maybe they're kind of proving that they might not understand the console market as well as they think they do. So maybe pulling back and focusing on services and maybe turning the Xbox brand into a computer, which is something I would be interested in. Um, I think they've made really good stuff in the surface in the surface line. Um, but yeah, I'd like uh, to answer your question, I think it's pushing me more towards maybe staying out of the console space and just playing on PC, um, which could also be very expensive. But at least then I have something that's more multifunctional. You'll get a PlayStation 5. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you will. <laughs> oh, so you're going to play as Miles Morales. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. On to... Topic number two, both Tesla and Apple have had, I guess, ridiculously profitable years, uh, despite the global situation right now. Right now, Tesla has a valuation of $375 billion. Jeez. Apple has a valuation of $2.1 trillion. Um, they have been doing very well for themselves. I think Apple is up 71% year Year to date, date. Yeah, which is a ridiculous number. Yeah. How, tell me your thoughts on the current, uh, current climate. Well, you know, Apple, Apple makes sense. Like they make a ton of phones. There are, you know, the most popular, uh, phone maker in 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 the west probably across the world and and they're going to continue to grow not only phones they're very popular with computers but even more what kind of i can kind of believe this this huge kind of jump is airpods i mean airpods are pretty new kind of new market for for apple but yet they've managed to take over completely like i remember when they bought beats i was like oh maybe they might put beats in in you know their phone boxes to kind of entice people you know apple buy an apple device because you also get beats beats doesn't matter anymore no. airpods is all that matters yeah. so they've they've done an amazing job with that and they found a way to make an even an expensive headphone even more expensive with the airpods pros um and also you know like we've been seeing in our bonus episodes um they, they with their their kind of situation with Fortnite and epic games and also in the uh the congressional hearing they make a ton of money off the app store uh anytime someone buys anything they get a cut 
and th for me they make perfect sense with how much they've they've been making i don't know how sustainable this is especially with you know a lot of companies kind of fighting back against apple specifically with the app store um but you know it makes sense on their part tesla on the other hand is kind of shocking just because a lot of this is based off of speculation of where the company could be in the future um you know they're shipping quite a bit of cars like they are obviously the most popular uh electric car uh on the market they have went without competition for a very long time competition is now just starting to get into uh get into the market and you know i eventually think that they're probably going to be able to take some some stock away from tesla but right now they're they're really just just trouncing over everybody but also on tesla's side you know they released the model y recently and it hasn't been i mean the car has been received uh incredibly well P people who get the car absolutely love it the problem is a lot of these cars are shipping with a lot of issues it's th they like it like it, it's a it's a good car the problem is with with tesla's they've had build quality in the model y has been no exception um and they've had a lot of issues with the model y shipping with a lot of issues um so yeah i don't know if right now that 375 billion is where they should be i think that's a lot of hopeful thinking that being said you know tesla is has this brand recognition a lot like apple where people just love the brand and i can very well see kind of a future where you know when people talk about tablets they say i'm going to buy an ipad i can very well see what the the future of where people talk about buying a car tesla just becomes you know the de facto the de facto kind of that's the thing i'm going to get i'm going to get a tesla so yeah I, I can very well see in the future they can live up to that 375 billion and probably even surpass it yeah um one interesting thing i saw so tesla is valued has a valuation of 375 billion that's more mm -hmm. than toyota general motors and ford combined yeah an interesting interesting quote i saw from an article was tesla isn't a car company it's a tech company that just so happens to make cars and this kind of this plays off of what you said likening them to apple right tesla mm -hmm. is seen as like very cool and very like modern and futuristic right they're, the big selling point of their cars is, okay, they're supposed to be better for the environment and the technology in them, right? You have self-driving yeah. cars. This is the future. Everything's so autonomous. The selling point isn't the build quality. The selling point isn't, you know, Ferrari. Everything in this engine was handcrafted and put together by one engineer and then all the seats are like handcrafted molded leather that were you know put together by you know i don't know a cobbler right like yeah their selling point is their technology which is why even though they do have a history of you know not the best build quality it's well they have the best technology mm -hmm. inside of the car and it's it's the cool thing to get just like how yeah. um, it has changed a bit but it was a cool thing to get an iphone you know if you had an android or oh, you have green bubbles you're not cool i only like people that have blue bubbles for their text messages for iMessages. it's right now it's at a point where tesla is the cool car right mm -hmm. or especially the cool electronic car because i bet you we could pull a hundred people 
about you know name us the top electronic the top e car that comes to your mind no one's gonna say polster or yeah. air right it's tesla it's i i mean it could get to a point where we just call all electronic cars teslas like you yeah. know like oh hey do you have any listerine or like you have any q-tips or kleenex or hey yeah i'm gonna hop in the tesla and like you know drive to the beach or something but it's not a tesla it's something else that tesla wants to be that and right now they definitely are that which is why they're so valuable which is why their stocks are worth so much right and they're not just obviously they're not just about the cars and the build quality it's the tech inside of it and their tech covers so much it's not just cars right it's batteries it's Mm -hmm. autonomous driving it's charging stations like there is so much that tesla kind of envelops and even you could look at the spacex docking with the iss and then undocking right if that was done due in part to the autonomous driving system that's been developed at tesla that's obviously gonna like our autonomous driving or navigation is so advanced it can dock with the ISS itself without any human input. You know, we're putting that same technology in our cars. That's that's a commercial right there. Yeah. You don't even have to show a car. Just show your spacecraft docking with the ISS and then undocking, show a tablet screen, Tesla, like, from the future. Whatever you want to say, right? And because people can't buy stock in SpaceX, well, what's the next best thing, right? This All the technology from SpaceX is not all of it but a lot of technology from spacex probably has to come from tesla or they're going back and forth with their technology so that Mm -hmm. could also be a huge part of why there's such a i guess rise in stock prices and i I think also you know I, i i think it really does come down to that brand because yeah i think tesla does have some really great technology but i also think like there's a lot of companies that are kind of sneaking up on them that we might not be aware of and even surpassing them in some ways in terms of technology like um you know china has a huge car uh, electric car market right now with uh, companies like xpeng and, and neo that make these very affordable electric cars that look fantastic um honestly you know from what we've seen um in terms of like the cars that they've given out to press great build quality but you know same thing with tesla when they give out cars to press obviously they're they're made to look great but one thing that that really kind of shocked me is i was looking at a video on fully charged uh which is a youtube channel that that uh, takes a look at electric cars and recently they had a, a correspondent in china and he was looking at a car called the neo es8 i believe and the interesting thing about that car one of the, i think the biggest kind of barriers to electric cars is how long they take to charge Um, And a lot of the solution to that is to make faster charging. Um, But in this brand, what they have is they actually have stations that you can drive your car into and it will swap your battery for a fully charged battery, uh, fully automated in three minutes. Um, And that is something that was talked about in, you know, just a year or two ago as being the future of electric cars, but it already exists in China. Um, So, you know, I can very much see that you know, Tesla can absolutely be the most valuable car company. And I absolutely see them being that. 
um, especially if they can get better and if they can continue to grow. But there are some companies that are hot on their heels that if given the opportunity, I think, once again, going back to the topic of the podcast competition, give, give Tesla a run for the money with a lot of these really cool features, like having your battery, a fully charged battery in three minutes. Speaking of batteries, Tesla has an upcoming event on September 22nd. Now they have an annual meeting of the stockholders and then afterwards they have what they're calling a battery day and we kind of we talked about this briefly before it's yeah. it seems like they're hinting at i guess a new type of material that they'll be making their batteries out of mm-hmm. it uh the i guess the preview image they've given out has some type of carbon nanotube or silicon silicon nanowire and there's another company called Amprius that works on the same sort of technology. And from what they've said is that this new, you know, carbon nanotube or silicon nanowire has a much higher energy density than, you know, batteries that are currently being used, meaning mm. that you could have a lighter battery that can hold even more of a charge. This could yeah. mean that, you know, cars would have a significant weight reduction while keeping a similar range or because it's a you know a lighter vehicle with the same charge or just be able to travel even further one kind of rumor that they're floating around is that it could be enough energy to have a fully electric plane one day soon wow now this is just rumors and speculations based off of you know the press images that tesla's given out but september 22nd Obviously, if they're, you know, a meeting of the stockholders, it'll be a lot of good news for them. But mm-hmm. there could be some big advancements that Tesla is announcing in terms of their battery manufacturing on September 22nd. Well, like that is the type of thing that would make Tesla, I think, even one day surpass Apple as as a valuable company, which sounds crazy. A company that's worth two point one trillion right now. But. <laughs> Could you imagine if a company like Tesla could get into, you know, the the consumer plane market where, you know, a lot of people who are learning to fly planes, they buy these nice, you know, they have money, they buy these nice, you know, planes that they can practice in. Imagine a Tesla branded plane. Everyone would buy that. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's just a brand. They, if they could slap the Tesla brand on anything or the SpaceX brand on anything, anything that Elon is tied to. Any product that they slap that brand on could potentially be gold, kind of like what Apple does. Like Apple slaps their brand on a pair of headphones, it becomes gold. They slap their brand on a on a computer, on a on a piece of on a giant iPod, a, a giant iPod Touch, which is what the first iPad was, you know. And and all of a sudden, it becomes the most popular tablet. They're gonna start making no glasses. Money. Apple's gonna start coming out with glasses soon. Right? Oh, oh my goodness! Like, <laughs> well, even watches. If you look, the Apple Watch. Yeah. I think on a presentation a couple of years ago, they said it was the most popular watch in the world. I'm like, how is that even possible? I mean, I have but, an Apple Watch. Yeah, like, they are great. Like, their brand is the brand prints money, and I feel like Tesla has that same kind of that same kind of stock, which is why these companies are so valuable. Is because their brand. It doesn't matter about the product so much. It's the brand that is. Uh, that 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 is what gets their valuation so high and it just means that as long as they continue to make things they're going to continue to grow and that's the thing too right is they're not just a tech company 
like I said before. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, they're not just a car company, like I said before. It's a tech company that just happens to make cars. They decide yeah. to branch into transport trucks. They decide to branch into maybe airplanes eventually. There is no limit. Maybe they decide to branch into Tesla-branded headphones one day. Maybe there's a Tesla mm-hmm. phone that they come out with, right? Anything anything that you think of that has tech is a possible market for Tesla to branch into. Yeah. Right? They are imagine if someone said, "Oh yeah, Ford is going to start making an iPhone competitor." And we'd be like, "Why would anyone buy a Ford phone? It doesn't make any sense." But when you hear Tesla, if you were to hear Tesla did that, you're like, "Oh, that makes sense." Like, "Oh, Tesla's they got a lot of technology in their cars." I mean, if you just take the main screen, this main dashboard from the Model 3, it's just like a big tablet, right? You can shrink that down. That it's... is such a, a, a good point. Like, that, is, I think, is the key as to why Tesla is so valuable. Because they could make anything and no one would question it. Yeah. That's a perfect example. If any other car company were to do the same thing, Toyota, uh, Ford, GM, if they were to branch into a market that they were, that wasn't cars, people would question it and they wouldn't buy it i would Tesla say can do that and yeah, yeah they can they can they can yeah. do that i would even say apple could if apple decided to one day come out and make an apple car like people would kind of look sideways at it they may buy it just because it's apple but i don't think they would trust an apple car the same way that people would trust a tesla phone or even a a, a tesla tablet let's say you say that, but they did come out with a credit card, and people ate that up. <laughs> That's <laughs> because it was made of metal. <laughs> That's a lot different. They bring back the steel-bodied <laughs> cars. <laughs> Everything's just extremely heavy and made of aluminium. Nice, nice uh, aerospace-grade aluminum or aluminium. <laughs> yeah. All al- precision cut. Yeah. <laughs> all aluminum is aerospace but you know the split hairs. yeah well, that's I, uh, Apple for you they know how to brand stuff they're very good at branding and marketing but yeah I could see Tesla surpass Apple one day if there were any company to do it it would be Tesla yeah and then we'll also have to wait and see what happens with the whole anti-competitive hearing and what happens with Epic Games and what happens with Apple and their whole app store. It's There's a lot up in the air right now. but Yeah, and that's going to hurt Apple's pockets. Stay tuned for another you know great bonus episode for more yeah. of that. Our nice bi-weekly bonus episodes. <laughs> some brand in it right now. Some alliteration. Um, just to close off this topic... So, on August 31st, both Apple and Tesla will be splitting their stocks. Right now, their stocks are ridiculously priced. I think yeah. Apple is at... Apple, oh, wow. Apple stock's gone up even more. Apple's, Apple's stock is at $503.43 at the time of this recording. Mm-hmm. Tesla's stock... Tesla's stock is at 2000 and fourteen dollars and twenty cents. That is insane. This recorded. <laughs> yeah. So these guys are uh, their stocks are pretty expensive. Not easy entry 
for someone who would like to invest in some stocks, right? Yeah. But on August 31st, they'll be split in their stocks. Um, Apple will be split in on a four to one basis, which let's assume that their stocks stay around the $500 mark, right? Mm-hmm. They'll be around $125 per share or per stock. Yeah. Tesla is planning to split on a five to one basis. So let's say it stays around the $2,000 mark. It'll be around 400 per share. So their stocks are in no, by no means going to be cheap, but no, they will definitely be more affordable for people looking to enter into, I guess, into investing in tech companies, right? Because that's what both of these companies are. Yeah. And those prices are very high and splitting is going to be, um, you know, in both situations, it's kind of hard to imagine uh, Apple going up, but especially in in Tesla's case, um, you know, this is only going to make them more enticing to uh, more investors uh, when they see that price. Like for just as an example, uh, telecom company in Canada, TELUS Communications, um, split their stock when it just reached over fifty dollars. <laughs> um, so you know, this is this is crazy uh, where their stock prices are. I think this is something they absolutely needed to do, and it's only going to benefit them uh, with investment going forward. Definitely. All right, our final topic of the day, the main topic, the DC fandom that happened. Going back in the dome. I don't understand that reference. <laughs> uh, there was a lot to talk about from this. They had all kinds of cinematic trailers and teasers and behind-the-scenes footage. We had a look at the Batman movie coming out. We had a look at Batman Gotham Knights, the game coming out. The Suicide Squad game, Kill the Justice League. The Justice League Snyder Cut trailer we got. Well, we got a Suicide Squad movie cast reveal. Woman, mm-hmm. sorry, Wonder Woman 1984 trailer. We got a Black Adam teaser voiced by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. We got a Flash yep. Season 7 trailer. We got Suicide Squad behind the scenes look. Um, and art for the new Flash movie showing off his suit. And Batman is in it. Probably going to be Michael Keaton. And Ben Affleck. And Ben Affleck. All right, there's a lot to talk about. What? Give me one highlight. What, what's one thing you're looking forward to from the DC fandom? Well, okay, so the one highlight I will say, uh, bringing it back to the, the gaming, uh, like we talked about early in the podcast, was uh, Arkham Knights. That Gotham game. Knights. Was it Gotham Knights? I think it's Gotham Knights. Gotham Knights, yeah. Gotham Knights, sorry. Um, yeah, that game got me um, 100%. That's exactly the type of game that I'm into. Um, you know, Batman game without Batman sounds great. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it looked really cool. Uh, it looked like it might be cross-gen, so it might be current-gen and next-gen. Um, and it's coming out next year, which is, is pretty awesome. Yeah, a lot from this game. I mean, I guess this is a spoiler alert. If you haven't watched the trailer, you should probably like pause now and watch it. It starts off, Batman is dead. He uh Great. Well you said I'm waiting for uh, this day. <laughs> oh, you've been 
uh, Batman <laughs> is dead. He sent a pre-recorded message, kind of reaching out to his four disciples. You got Batgirl, you got the Red Hood, you got Nightwing, and you got Robin. Yes. He's leaving Gotham in their hands. Gotham is for them to protect. Batman is no more. He blew up the Batcave. That's it. See you guys later. Or not really see you guys later. He's yeah, he's gone. Um it this looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's the same sort of, I guess, open world type of game. You can explore Gotham yeah. City. A different Gotham City than the Arkham series, right? Than the Arkham City series. It's not the same developers, it's not the same layout. But it the one interesting thing, and as soon as I saw the trailer, I said this, and then I think maybe like two minutes later, you're like, Yeah, it's confirmed there is going to be co-op gameplay in the story mode. So you could be Nightwing. I could be Red Hood. I could be Batgirl. You could be Robin. There are combo moves that characters can do with each other. Each character has their own specialty moves, their own specialty weapon, their own special ability. This looks amazing. One interesting thing that I saw, though, is that this seems to be more of an RPG take, an action RPG, instead of just a straight beat-em-up type game, right? <laughs> you and your enemies have special levels. So let's say you're a level 10, and your enemy you decide to fight is a level 30. You can see that and say, hey, maybe I'm not ready to fight this level 30 enemy yet. Maybe I should kind of you know go back, level up, come back once I'm a closer level. Also... They had these almost like little mana bars in the bottom of the screen that you can use for special moves. And I'm yeah. sure they're not going to call it mana. They're going <laughs> to, I don't know, call it something like bat focus or something. But an interesting thing that they've taken from RPGs. Also, there's status ailments you can inflict on your enemies and your moves will do more damage whether they're like super effective or super not effective based on the, I guess, the move typing. There's a lot different about this game than the old Arkham City games, but there's also a lot that's the same. Yeah, and I think that's what makes this game kind of so exciting because, you know, the old Arkham games, they were all in one universe. This is completely separate from them, but there were four of them. Um, One of them was made by by this team. Uh, I believe it was Arkham Origins. Yeah, Arkham Origins was made by them. And... You know, a lot of people didn't kind of respond to it. You know, it felt like someone else making someone else's game. And I like this because this gives the team the opportunity to make something that's completely their own uh, from the ground up. They don't have to kind of adhere to what Rocksteady did with Arkham um, Arkham City and uh, I can't remember the first one. Asylum? Called. Arkham Asylum, thank you. Um, so they didn't have to kind of adhere to what those games kind of brought to the table. They could make their own thing. And a lot of what kind of drew me out of those those Arkham games was that you're playing as Batman, and you know the games are fun. They're not really 100% for me, but they are fun. They're fun games. You, you beat them up. Some of the known to have some of the best combat out of any like action game of its type. But the thing is, it was the same thing. Like Batman always played as Batman. And the really cool thing about this game is that if you get tired of one character, there are other characters for you to use that play at least from what they're saying, are going to play different. Um, you know, they're all going to have their different specialties where Red Hood is going to use, like, ranged weapons, like like guns and stuff like that, where Batgirl is going to be 
more tech focused, um, you know, and, and Nightwing's going to be more acrobatic. So stuff like that, I think is really cool because, you know, it, it gives you something to always be able to keep engaged. Plus the fact that you can play with someone else um, in co-op is, is really great. And we got to see some co-op moves done in the gameplay trailer and it looked great. Honestly, I, I was 100% into this game. Definitely the most excited thing that, that was for me in that the whole entire fandom. A little bit of a side note. Let's say Gotham Knights comes out and it's only on PlayStation 5. Are you going to get it? Are you going to get a PlayStation uh, 5? No, because I'm almost positively sure it would be on PC. But let's say it was only on PS5. I don't think that any one game is enough to sell me on a console. And honestly, when it comes to games, like maybe it would eventually get me to have a PS5. But I'm not the type of person who needs to play a game as soon as it comes out. Um, I'm fine with waiting for things to drop in price and then playing them later on. I will kind of miss out on the co-op kind of aspect of it, which I'm really excited about, but it, it would be close. I'm not going to lie. The game does look great. I, I do really want to play it. So there is a chance that if the price is right for a PS5 and it was only on PS5, I'd probably get it. Okay. Back to the DC fandom. The Batman trailer was revealed for the new Batman movie star and Robert Pattinson. Yeah. I like this movie a lot. When I first, or I like the trailer a lot. When I first yeah. heard that Robert Pattinson was going to be playing Batman, all obviously all I could think of, and I'm sure what most people thought, I was like, the guy from Twilight is going to be playing yeah. Batman, but he looks, it looks like it's going to be a good Batman movie. He looks yeah. like a very, it looks like a very gritty kind of grungy Batman movie. And the interesting thing about this one that I like, it's not an origin story. Everybody by now knows the backstory knows. of Batman. <laughs> There's been like five different origin stories of Batman. We don't need another one, right? Mm -hmm. Especially coming off of the Dark Knight series. And I guess Ben Affleck's Batman didn't have an origin story. Good. Yeah. To be to be fair, they they understood from then that we didn't need another one. But this Batman is established, right? And what was cool to see is there's a new Jim Gordon being played by Jeffrey Wright, plays Bernard. What door? Yeah, what door? <laughs> Who plays Bernard in Westworld. But you see Batman and Jim Gordon kind of working together at a crime yeah. scene. So it's cool to see that they have this established relationship right from the get-go. And Jim Gordon isn't yet the commissioner, <clears throat> right? He's just a regular detective, a regular cop. Um, and I'm assuming that throughout this movie, the events that lead to him becoming commissioner are going to happen. It seems like the main villain in this movie is the Riddler, which yeah. is going to be cool to see, especially because Jim Carrey as a Riddler is like one of my favorite villains of all time. <laughs> Obviously, this isn't going to be as over the top as Jim Carrey, because I don't know if anyone could be as over the top as Jim Carrey, but no. what are your thoughts? <laughs> what are your thoughts on the trailer, on the direction it looks like they're going? What are your thoughts? So I'm a little mixed. For the most part, I really like it. Um, but like, would you say this was your favorite thing of, of the fandom or, or like this trailer in particular? I would say, so I would probably say Gotham Knights. Mm followed by this so yeah i think we're really close because this 
when I first saw this trailer, there's a specific shot where I was 100% sold. And it's when you see Robert Pattinson in the Batman suit. Like, he has the perfect jaw and like chin <laughs> for the Batman suit. It just looks like Batman. Um, but, you know, as I, the, the, the whole trailer I thought was, was, was really good. Uh, the tone isn't personally my favorite kind of tone for Batman. The one thing about Gotham Knights that I really liked, um, when they were going through the gameplay trailer and they were following uh, uh, Batgirl, it was much more lighthearted and kind of like quippy and then, you know, you know, kind of funny and, and kind of ways like they weren't taking themselves too seriously. I feel like lately we've been, a, we've gotten a lot of Batman taking himself super seriously, very melodramatic, um, which is fine. I, I mean, Batman's always been good at that. I mean, the, there's been so much, so much of the best Batman has been that. Um, but for this trailer in particular, I felt like this was really kind of going in that kind of melodramatic, almost emo in certain parts. Um, Definitely uh, emo in certain <laughs> parts. Yeah, like when you see Robert Pattinson take off the mask and stuff like that, and you see it kind of reminded me of uh, of Peter Parker in Spider-Man Three, uh, when he goes all bad. <laughs> there's a meme I have to send you, and it's literally like. It's regular Batman and then emo Batman next to regular Peter Parker and then emo <laughs> Peter Parker. It's that exactly. And it reminded me so much of that. But, you know, like, that's the thing. Like, I, I think that's fine. And, and it's not personally my favorite version of Batman. That being said, when you take everything as a whole and, and like, watch this whole trailer, it's impossible not to like it um, because it clearly has a direction and the trailer was done so well that especially when batman was beating up that guy and stuff like that i, I thought it was great um you know there's there's certain things like like i said it's not my personal favorite version of batman uh but when you have someone who has a vision which you can clearly see in this trailer there's a vision for it um i think it's going to be really cool another interesting thing is like my favorite batman movie of all time is mask of the phantasm uh which is very much detective based which i think we got a lot of that from this this trailer and a, a good point like you mentioned um with Wright playing jim gordon he's not a physically imposing guy um like jim gordon's in the past have been uh so this this kind of goes down more of the detective kind of aspect of it which is something i really do love about batman and i think that's going to be great to see jeffrey wright honestly what door moment in in um in that show was literally the best thing ever um, so like kind of seeing that, that dynamic between the two of them in a more detective focused kind of scenario, I think would be really cool. Yeah. Speaking of imposing, obviously Robert Pattinson isn't as imposing as say is like a Ben Affleck Batman. Yeah. Like Ben Affleck was a thick Batman. Yeah. <laughs> you could say Christian Bale was like more cut, I guess. Like, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Yeah, more cut Batman. Ben Affleck was like a more yoked Batman. I would say Pattinson's like a teenage Batman. Yeah. <laughs> In a way. Not like no knocks against him. Like he looks like he kind of put on some size for the role, but different kind of Batman. What's interesting is Catwoman is in this also. Catwoman yes. is being played Greatest by... Actor. What? Zoe Kravitz, greatest actor. 
Anyways, <laughs> she's been, I'm not gonna say she's the greatest actor. She's a good actor. This is maybe a bit of an exaggeration. Okay. This, okay. <laughs> yeah, this isn't the movie opinion podcast. This is no, no, coming next week. Um, yeah. So Catwoman is getting her start. She's not as developed as let's say um, Anne Hathaway was in The Dark Knight Rises. So it seems like this is this is definitely setting up for more than one movie, right? Yeah. Jim Gordon isn't Commissioner Gordon. Catwoman is right in from the trailer, looks more like just a cat burglar. They also show Penguin in it, who's being played by Colin Farrell, I believe. Yeah. Did not look like Colin Farrell in the trailer. But Penguin also isn't quite developed yet, so it kind of they're laying the breadcrumbs for the future of this Batman series, which I'm, yeah. I'm definitely happy to see. There was once, there's one shot in this trailer where they zoom in on Robert Pattinson, and he just looks super emo, looks very pale, almost yeah. looks like he has eye black on. I'm like, this looks like the movie The Crow. Like he, <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't look like Batman. It's The Crow. Like what is this? But I, they're going. I guess Matt Reeves is definitely going a different sort of direction than, let's say, the George Clooney Batman days, the best <laughs> Batman. But okay. <laughs> um, all right, another movie that looks like is going to be good is the Justice League Snyder Cut. Yes. One thing. That... Mm-hmm. Uh, I was gonna say one thing I'm very happy to see is we finally have Darkseid in the Justice League. Finally. And it starts with him. He's the very first shot of the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the very first shot. So like no no chance to think, oh man, it's Darkseid gonna be in this No, they're not playing around. You want Darkseid, here he is. Yeah, this this trailer was if I was comparing the two trailers, this was my number one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, okay. I've said in the past, Batman versus Superman is my favorite comic book movie of all time. And not because I thought it was like a perfect movie, but it was laying the groundwork for something that was going to be kind of like you were saying with with what this Batman movie could do. It was laying the, the breadcrumbs for what could potentially come. And that was what I was expecting from the original Justice League, which we didn't get. And it seems like this is finally, hopefully, going to show what where that movie was actually leading things like flashpoint and um you know a lot of the the black suit superman and and the the possible bad future that could come if you know he loses his mind or or if they don't have him or if dark side takes over like all of these kind of things that were hinted at in the original batman v superman which just went nowhere in the the actual justice league movie I think are finally going to come out here. And one of the most amazing things I thought about this trailer was any scene Cyborg was on screen in this trailer. Because when Zack Snyder was originally talking about Justice League, he mentioned that Cyborg was the heart of the movie. He was the guy that you were supposed to follow in this movie. And it makes sense. Cyborg has a very kind of tragic arc in these movies. But in the actual theatrical cut that we got to see, he was very much an afterthought. And... I can kind of see that maybe this can kind of weave him in a little bit better. Yeah. But yeah, no, I thought it was great. Um, every question that I had asked, you know, originally going into what the Snyder Cut could potentially be or how different it could be, 
I feel like was answered by this trailer. Yeah, it looks very different. And even from the brief bit of the trailer, right, they showed a little bit more. It seems like the backstory of Cyborg 2. Right, we yeah. don't really get that in the theatrical trailer, and even with Vic Stone playing football and stuff like that. Yeah, and even in terms of the people that were already in it, like you mentioned, Black Suits Superman. Right, it seems like there is going to be a lot of Black Suit Superman in this movie, and also, which, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, which makes perfect sense in the fact that. You know, Batman versus Superman was supposed to be the death of Superman. And Justice League was, you know, supposed to be the return of Superman. And when Superman returns, he has the black suit. He's not as powerful as he was. And, uh, you know, that was, I think, kind of a big, very big missed opportunity to kind of show that, okay, there was a direction with this movie. Like, Superman wasn't just going to come back magically as as a Superman we all knew and loved and is red and blue. It, it's It's kind of like... Um, you know, when we talked about in the past, like in school and stuff like that, about, you know, themes and movies and stuff like that, and, and even like costume choices. There's a reason why in the comics and in movies, you know, Superman had the black suit. He didn't just automatically come back in the blue and red. It's yeah. a show that he wasn't the same guy. And I think that's going to be cool to see in this movie if, if they're able to pull it off. Yeah. And then even when you talk about Steppenwolf, right? In the theatrical cut, he was the main villain in it. Yeah. They, I wouldn't say completely, they have definitely reworked how he looks. He looks a lot more alien. There's a lot more going on with his suit, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there was another, another, I guess, one of this, one of Darkseid's minions, the Sod, I think his name is. I'm going to have to look that up. But it, they're adding more characters into this also, right? Yeah. So they're ex- it seems like they're expanding a lot more in terms of, you know, the whole mythology of of Darkseid and the legions that follow him as opposed to at least us watching the theatrical cut of Justice League, you know, people who are familiar with the whole with not the whole, but from more familiar with the DC universe, I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, they're talking about Darkseid. That's Darkseid's symbol. This is like Darkseid is about to show up." And then yep. it just ends up being Steppenwolf and then nothing. And and even like, you know, we got to see a mother box in the trailer as well, which I, I don't even know, you know, that's, it, it's it's just things that you expected to see in the original cut that you really just didn't. Um, and, and that's fine. Like, not everybody has the same vision. Clearly, you know, Warner Brothers didn't like originally um, Zack Snyder's original cut. So, you know, they wanted to change it, make it a little bit more, you know, uplifting and then happy and a little bit more jokes in it and stuff like that which is fine um i didn't particularly like that movie but you know there was a lot of people who did and i'm I'm glad that both of these can exist side by side i don't think we have to live in a place where only this has to be the definitive cut and you know we have to disregard what came before it i think two creators you know very difficult situation made two movies i'm glad Zack snyder finally gets to show his version and bring it back to the tech side. The interesting thing is that this um, movie, so to speak, is going to be the tent pull for HBO Max. And the way it's going to launch is it's going to launch in four one hour episodes, essentially. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Um, so this is going to be essentially like HBO's new streaming service. And, and this is going to be kind of like a centerpiece, kind of like what uh, Disney did with The Mandalorian. 
and yeah it's going to be interesting to see if this pays off and also we're going to have to watch to see what markets this launches in because we've seen also with disney plus um you know when it didn't launch in in europe and parts of europe and stuff like that it, it launched on different days it, it could be hopefully they kind of plan this out a little bit better where this can launch worldwide because quite frankly the fact that this snyder cut actually gets to be released is only because so many people across the world asked for it um so hopefully hbo and warner brothers has a plan of release for this this movie across the world and not just in the united states um which we've seen in the past we've seen a lot of companies bypass places like canada and and england and stuff like that in the past hopefully it doesn't happen here this happened because people from around the world were asking for it right yeah there was a huge public outcry i guess to get the snyder cut and if they didn't release it worldwide it'd be i feel like that would be a slap in the face to a lot of fans a lot of fans that were petitioning and were then were fighting to get i guess the justice league that they all thought that they deserved Mm -hmm. right like there's been a lot of stuff that's launched you know whether it's tech or tv shows or move or whatever have you and they do kind of like limited releases and especially for something like hbo max like you're trying to launch a new service if you don't have i guess as broad of a net as possible it's kind of like you're just missing out on the opportunity like think of all the fans outside of north america who want to see the snyder cut and let's say hbo max launches and day one you could have people from all over the world watching it but it's like yeah we're only going to limit it to people in this north american region right that that's a huge loss especially if you're trying to build this up now obviously because it's the property of hbo max it's not like you know they can say hey we're just gonna find and watch it somewhere else I'm sure there will be people where if it doesn't launch in their country, they'll find a pirated version somewhere. But why even make that necessary? Right? Yeah, yeah. There, there's so many people who are going to want to support this that they're going to sign up for HBO Max, um, regardless. Like even if there's nothing else that launches on the service, which there's yeah. going to be a lot of stuff, but people are just going to want to flock to see this, especially because one, it's the Snyder Cut that they always wanted, but two, it's a four-hour movie. And, you know, for a lot of people who watched either the extended cut of The Watchmen um, by Zack Snyder or even the extended cut of Batman versus Superman, um, it's pretty clear to see that the extended cuts of the movie that he makes, he likes to make long movies. Mm-hmm. And these extended cuts are usually better. Yeah. They're usually better than, than the, the theatrical that's usually cut down. There's no option of a cut down version of this movie, which is great. So, yeah, people are going to be jumping on to watch this just like they were for Disney Plus to jump on to The Mandalorian. But, you know, launching these things can be tough. They can be difficult. We saw that a bit with Disney+. Plus. Even with the amount of money that Disney had, they still had trouble launching Disney+. Plus. Um, even in the limited markets that they did, they had issues with logins um, in the beginning. Uh, so, hope, But HBO already has, you know, uh, experience in this. They have a streaming app already with HBO Go. Yeah, um, I, think HBO I think it is. Go. Yeah, so they have experience in this. Hopefully, they can leverage that experience to say, okay, we'll launch simultaneously in as many markets as possible, hopefully all, and, you know, be pretty smooth sailing. 
but you know we've seen where we are that there's been situations where products like you mentioned with the OnePlus Nord just don't launch um, and it, it can be annoying at times but you know hopefully that doesn't happen here yeah hopefully it doesn't I guess anything else from the DC fandom that's your that you like to talk about all overall I thought you know the fandom was was really good I think it was a really cool thing to do in you know the kind of the state of, of the world that it is in right now considering that you know a lot of this stuff would have been normally at comic-con but it would have been behind closed doors where only a few people who went to those panels would be able to see it i'm a really big fan of the fact that this was able this was just broadcast on the internet for everyone to see you didn't need a ticket um you didn't need to get into a specific panel yeah uh, and it was great uh, to experience that because i've never been to a situation where i've been to a panel at comic-con and been able to see like these comic-con exclusive trailers and overall, you know, there was a lot of kind of funny green screen stuff where it didn't quite look right. But overall, I thought they did a great job. The show as a whole, I think, had a lot of stuff that a lot of people are excited about. Whether you were into games or movies, there was uh, a lot for everybody. And the, the stream was pretty was pretty smooth. You know, the quality wasn't great at all times, but at least it didn't drop. And there wasn't many hitches, which I think was great. One thing I'd like to say about the DC mm -hmm. fandom. So during the Suicide Squad behind the scenes little trailer where they were talking with James Gunn, he had a couple yeah. of quotes where he yeah. said, this is the biggest movie I've ever made. And I was thinking to myself, like, what? You were involved in, like, two Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, how is that yeah. possible? Like, this, another quote he had was, greatest, most exciting journey of my life. I'm like, what? How? Once again, you made... Two Guardians of the Galaxy, which were, like, very well-received movies. Obviously, DC is putting a lot into Suicide Squad. But, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, also, obviously, this is all promotion for the movie. He's not going to say, yeah. like, you know, this is the second only to the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. My favorite, <laughs> greatest, biggest movie I've ever made. So... But, I mean, it was just funny to hear him say that. And I kind of was like, eh, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if you actually believe that. I mean, we'll have to, to wait be and, honest, and see. But I, I believe him, honestly, to be what? honest. Because when this whole thing happened, when he was given the keys to Guardians of the Galaxy, even before that, when he left Marvel, Marvel and him parted ways, and DC came to pick him up, they literally said, you can do whatever you want anything you want you want batman you can have it you want superman take it and he chose suicide squad not only did he choose suicide squad but he, we both saw the the behind the scenes and the trailer and stuff for it he literally put everyone he knows in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that cast is gigantic yeah that um, cast is pretty stacked yeah and like even taika's in it um you know the is director of, of thor ragnarok yeah uh he hasn't been he's in it they don't tell him who he's voicing but they do say when they're showing like everyone and who they play they say king shark and they don't say who's playing him and mm. they say taika waititi and they don't say who he's playing so i'm just imagining <laughs> korg as king shark and that would be hilarious <laughs> that would be pretty funny any yeah. closing statements for the episode uh yeah so one it was kind of hard to not uh, burst out laughing when I saw that meme that you sent me um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, other than that yeah I think uh, this has been great and hopefully you know uh, the bonus episode when we uh, go into a little bit more of uh, of the Apple stuff we can kind of we can kind of explain maybe see 
Apple might not be worth 2.1 trillion in the future, or maybe they come to 3 trillion in the future. Who knows? 4 trillion. Why not? 4 trillion. They own the entire world in the future. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Fun conversation. Take it easy, everyone, in podcast land. Catch you in the next episode. Yeah.